We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gillio with you. Live from Arizona's WIP goes to AZ Championship coverage. Brought to you by SEPTA, the Philly way to go. As we broadcast from Radio Row all week, Mark Cerise uh, every afternoon. Myself here uh, in the evening as it's uh, it's clearing out a little bit. I, I, I actually like this time of night. I feel like we kind of get the whole place to ourselves. There's maybe like, I don't know, 10, 15 shows here at this point. Um, as we hang out during the day, it's crazy. Gronk was here earlier doing a spot on FanDuel. And there's like a crowd of 100 people around him. I was like, what is going on around here? Um, but we got a lot to talk about here on this Wednesday night. Looking forward to the Super Bowl. On the scale of nervousness first. You know, confidence, I'm, I'm getting more nervous as we get close. I think it's a nervous energy, but I'm getting nervous. Where do you lie, confident or nervous? 215-592-9494. We'll get back to the phone lines here. We're bringing some of the Sirianni press conference as well from today. Right now, though, we go out to the guest line to talk to Jake Fisher, senior NBA reporter, Yahoo Sports, um, also the author of Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. And I had to get Jake on tonight because – you know, and I, I blame the NBA on this. We'll see if, if Jake uh, cares about this or not. But, I mean, wh- why is the trade deadline Super Bowl week? Like, I, I'm swimming in stuff here in, on Radio Row, Super Bowl stuff, and I'm trying to, like, oh, yeah, the Sixers want to make a trade tomorrow. They should have pushed this back a week, but maybe that's just me complaining. Jake, what's up tonight, man? How you doing? No, I share your complaint. As a Philadelphia native and an Eagles fan, I have not been able to appreciate all that's been going on in Phoenix this week, so uh, it's an honor to be talking to you from Radio Row, man. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. I appreciate you making some time for us tonight because, um, yeah, it, it could get lost in the shuffle, but I didn't want it to because I felt like, you know, this is a, a good Sixers team trying to find their way and, and, and figure out where they're going to land within the uh, the top of the Eastern Conference. And uh, it, there's a lot of stuff out there about what they might do, might not do. So so take us into what you've heard about the Sixers as we get close to the trade deadline tomorrow. First of all, we'll just start here. Do you think they're going to make a move? They are going to make a move. If they don't, I think that would be one of the more surprising things. That, that would catch that would catch a ton of teams by surprise, and it would be one of the bigger surprises of like something that didn't happen that people were expecting. And that Philly's definitely looking to get better, but also at a minimum, if there if there is not an opportunity to get better, like certain teams will hold back because they don't see something. Like the Cleveland Cavaliers have been searching to find. Just that little push of an upgrade at the wing. But if they don't, they're happy to stay Pat and Karis LeVert. With Philly, they've got luxury tax implications where if there isn't a deal that moves this team's ceiling higher, they are expected um, to figure out um, a way to shed some salary. Okay, so we expect them to make a move. I mean, Daryl Morey is usually very aggressive here. Um, so so what kind of move are we talking about? And, and Jay, can I finally say goodbye to the Matisse Thibel era? He's been a player that everyone was high on three years ago, two years ago. Uh, he's endlessly frustrating for me. Is he the type of player that we could see move by tomorrow? Certainly. I, I think the only caveat is that the, the Sixers and people in Philadelphia have spoken with about this subject since – you know, this offseason when 
it, it really came up around the draft that Philly was looking at trade scenarios for Toggle being that he's, now, now he's in his fourth year. He was extension eligible before the season started, but the Sixers are adamant. They're not just going to move him to move him. They will, they look at Matisse Toggle as a good player who will have viability in the postseason for them. And they're only looking to move him for someone that would be seen as a, as a key and a legitimate upgrade over Thibault in Doc Rivers' rotation. All right. So, Jake, uh, so based on what's going on around the league right now, uh, do you expect something big tomorrow, Sixers or anything related, or are we going to have some smaller things? I know right before we hopped on, it seemed like the, this is becoming final now. Lakers, Jazz, Timberwolves, uh, it looks like D'Angelo Russell, Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, a guy that I know a lot of Sixers fans were interested in, they're headed to, to the Lakers. So do we think that could be the, the kind of biggest deal we see or, or maybe something bigger tomorrow? I think these are the biggest fireworks. I mean, Toronto is looming out there. Every single team I've spoken with has said, what's Toronto doing? We're keeping an eye on Toronto. They've got Fred Van Vliet. They've got Pascal Siakam. They've got OG Ananobi that other teams are, are certainly circling. Um, and, I mean, I, I just tweeted it out a little while ago. Mark Stein's been talking about it. I just got text right now. I mean, it really seems like the rappers are close on landing Jakob Pertl, who's in Toronto right now. So if they're able to make a deal tonight, he won't have to leave Toronto. That'd be pretty convenient for all sides. Well, it would, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's a big deal there. We're talking to Jake Fisher, Yahoo Sports, about the NBA trade deadline, which is coming up tomorrow. Jake, what is the uh, the latest and, and the feeling out there about Kevin Durant after, you know, Kyrie gets moved this past weekend to the, uh, to the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, is Durant staying put through this year, and then we re- revisit this in the summer? Um, or is there a chance, you know, teams are calling the Nets right now and engaging them? They are. They are. And, look, the Nets are going to be – focused on upgrading this team and improving this roster until Kevin Durant tells them he would like to play elsewhere. That was, that was a, a big undercurrent of their Kyrie Irving trade sweepstakes in that uh, not only was Dallas interested in taking back Kyrie, obviously, but the Mavericks had Spencer Dinwiddie, who was previously at Brooklyn Net, of course, and Dorian Finney-Smith, who is one of the premier wing defenders in the entire NBA. And the Nets looked at those two guys as pieces that would uh, really – help them in their current quest to compete a championship around Durant. But that being said, like Toronto looking at that possibility that Durant pulls the plug, Phoenix is certainly looking at that and hoping that Kevin Durant becomes available. And there'll be other teams too. I don't know if that can happen now. It seems like it'll be a little, it'll be a little too late. Um, and I mean, the, the deadline's less than 24 hours away. I don't know the countdown, but it's 9 o'clock tonight, three, it's 3 p.m. tomorrow afternoon, so it's 24 minus 6, 18 hours away. Um, there you go, quick mental math on the radio. <laughs> and I, I just I feel like to put together that type of big blockbuster, I was talking with someone uh, from Brooklyn on the phone like around 6.30 tonight who did not seem like they were really looking at major Kevin Durant trades right now. Okay, Jake Fisher from Yahoo Sports talking with us here, doing some math. I, I do that too, Jake. I was trying to do it earlier with the Super Bowl, and I just got all you know caught up. It's too many days to, to multiply the 24, so uh, good job with the 18. Um, Jake, you mentioned the Sixers earlier. They could do something, could add, but they also, if, if nothing's out there, maybe shed some salary. Shed some light on that, and is would that be looked at? You know, we always wonder about the star player, how they view things. I mean, like, is Joel Embiid fully on board and fully have trust in Daryl Morey, or is that the kind of thing where, like, 
why aren't we adding? Why are we shedding salary if that's the path they go down? Do you, do you think that could be a thing, or is everyone on the same page with the Sixers? So I, I really think everyone's on the same page at this juncture. I mean, I've just heard from top to bottom time and again ever since, uh, you know, really the, the, it, it kind of came up into question when, uh, you know, all, all the conversations started around Harden's next contract this past summer. But the people in Philadelphia, I know Sixers fans listening aren't going to be happy to hear this next part, but Doc Rivers included, Daryl Morey, all the players involved. Like the goal is to win a championship this season. That being said, I don't think that a, a cost-cutting move from the Sixers would just be that, right? Like, like I said at the top, they are clearly looking for ways to find backup centers. Um, you know, Andre Drummond's another name to keep an eye on. I, the Mavericks and the Sixers, people on both sides have uh, denied JaVale McGee as a name for, to keep an eye on there. That's just the concept that keeps floating around the league. So I'll, I'll throw that out there for the WIP listeners. Um, but I think the other thing to keep in mind is that if you're cutting salary now, it's really for the idea of not being in the repeater tax, which will only limit the Sixers for making bigger moves down the line. And they're already, you know, so close to the, to the title cont- contending sphere. I don't think they're going to be doing like a massive move. that's going to like make this team worse in order to save money. I think it would be more of like something just a trimming on the edges. So for years since Maury got here, Jake, I, I have just waited for the day that he tries to dump the Tobias Harris contract. Not that he's a bad player, but he's just not good enough for the money he makes. And I just, I, 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 I'm kind of tired of the Tobias Harris experience. So um, I haven't heard anything. It seems like that's quieted. The rumors about that. Do you think that's because next year he'll be an expiring contract? Like we've gotten this far, we might as well take it to the time he's an expiring deal. He's definitely been whispered about behind the scenes, but I think, and it's funny, I know he hasn't played so, so well of late. And right before I came on here, I saw our mutual friend, Spike Eskin, of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, and obviously former WIP great, saying that ever since Tobias went on the pod, he's been playing not as well of late. But he ruined him. He's a valuable player. Obviously, he's not worth the salary. And it's difficult from a team building perspective to have a player making, you know, 30 plus million dollars who is not exactly uh, playing at that caliber, but in the Eastern conference where you're going to have to go through Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown with Milwaukee, you're going to have to battle Giannis and throw multiple bodies at him, you know, Brooklyn, and they're, they're going to be a threat if they're in the playoffs with a healthy Kevin Durant, you're going to have to throw multiple bodies at him. The Cavs are super long, super lanky and, I know the Sixers have liked to use, you know, bigger wing defenders on guards like Donovan Mitchell in the past. So, I mean, to have someone with with Tobias' two-way ability where he can also, I mean, think back to last year's playoff run, obviously it fell short of expectations, but he was arguably the Sixers' most consistent player in that postseason stretch. So I don't think they're just going to move him to move him either, although it's also difficult to, to have a taker for that salary. So, uh, we'll find sure. out. We'll find out. Yeah, we will. All right, last one for you, Jake, and I do appreciate you making some time for us on this Wednesday night. Um, Anything you know, we for have, you, Joe. Well, I appreciate that, Jake. Now, we don't. We have a, some season to go here, so it's not over. But if the season ended today, Jake, and I put a ballot in front of you and I said, Jake Fisher, you now vote for the NBA Most Valuable Player Award, whose name would you write down first, Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid? Or you can go off the board. I mean, there's also Giannis and some other great players. But if you had to pick Jokic or Embiid, for the MVP? 
I'll say this. I mean, I don't want to vote. I don't want to vote. I think it's a little bit muddied when a player's earning potential is tied to media obligations. But that being said, I think Joel Embiid deserved to be the MVP a year ago. And just from a, a kitschy perspective and the fact that we're on the Philadelphia Airwaves, give it to the big guy. Give it to Embiid. Why not? I thought you'd say it, Jake. I appreciate you, man. Uh, have a great night, and, and we'll be following along as you uh, do all your great reporting between now and the deadline tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Take care. There he goes. Jake Fisher, senior NBA reporter for Yahoo Sports. So he thinks the Sixers do something, uh, whether it's a wing, a defender. Uh, I did like the Vanderbilt kid from Utah. It seems like he's going to the Lakers. So that seems like it's out now. Um, we'll see. But they're also going to do something cost-cutting, which – it's weird when Daryl Moore is not trying to do something big. It's just weird because he always tries to do something big. 215-592-9494. All right, let's get back to the phone lines here. Nerves, confidence, where are you at on all this as we move forward throughout the week? Back to the lines after a couple great guests hopping in there. Steve is in Egg Harbor Towns. I think he wants to yell about the 49ers whining. What's up, Steve? Yeah, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm listening to the San Francisco whiner stuff. And, I mean, let's, let's just not forget um, nobody's talking about how San Francisco's defense gave up 31 points. Also, I mean, nobody's talking about how Shanahan was blocking Reddick because he's such a genius with a tight end. I mean, maybe next time we'll get even smarter and put a San Francisco cheerleader locking the guy for some reason. And I want to talk about uh, also Kansas City. And I realize they're a great team. And I realize they got – I mean, and I'm an Andy Reid guy too. And I realize, you know – you know, a great quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. But has anybody asked the question, how are they going to stop us? They don't score 30 points in this game. They don't win this game. And I don't see him doing that because, you know, they could have easily lost to Jacksonville. Jacksonville fumbled on the five-yard line, okay? They had a chance of going in and making that a real ball game. And then that, that field goal at the end would have tied the game. And that game might have went into overtime. And we all know about the crappy defensive play that guy made at the end pushing Mahomes which I really didn't think was that bad of a, of, a, of a play. I mean, I mean, I know he hit him a little bit, but that shouldn't have been. They made so many bad calls against Cincinnati. That game could have went into overtime. Kansas City's, in my opinion, actually lucky to be in the Super Bowl, and we're not. We have been the best play. We have played the best football in the playoffs so far, and we haven't even played at our best. Well, that's that's the part that's exciting, and I agree with your point you made about how, you know knowing some of Kansas City stopping the Eagles. Yeah, I mean the Eagles' offense was just as prolific as the Chiefs this year. They, they, in fact, they scored the exact amount of points. I mean, I I think it is going to be a higher scoring game, and I think the Eagles' offense is going to score. I mean, I'd be surprised, Steve, if they're not if the Eagles aren't in the upper twenties on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think, like I said, I think Kansas City needs to score thirty points to beat us. I mean, at least. And maybe even more than that. This, I mean, you know, it really could be like like it was back in 2017. I just don't see our defense giving up that many points to this team. I mean, they scored 23 against Cincinnati, 27 against Jacksonville. And those defenses don't even compare to our defense, in my opinion. We have the best offensive line in football. We have, if not the best defensive line, one of the top three defensive lines in football. And we got great cover guys. They have, they have Kelsey. If we can take Kelsey out of this game, this game could be a route. Well, it could. Now, that's easier said than done. And Steve, always appreciate your phone call. Everyone wants to take Kelsey out of the game, right? That, that, if you're playing the Chiefs, that is what you try to do. What are you going to do? You got to well, yeah, take Kelsey out of the game. No one could do it. Um, he, he is a phenomenal I, – I don't think Kelsey gets credit. In fact, I, I'd say about both the Kelseys. 
more so Travis than Jason. I don't think they get enough credit for how smart they are as football players. You know, um, they have their podcast now. They're fun, great personalities. I think Jason as a center gets a little more credit for his brain because that's the position. Travis, you know, he's a wrestling belt, yelling jabroni after the game. He's more of like that, um, you know, he's a character. I'll put it that way. And I think people just look at him as like, you know, Dumb jock tight end. He's not. He, I think he's a really, really smart football player. And he's not the athlete he was even five years ago. Um, I don't think he runs past people anymore. But Travis Kelsey has an ability to get open, find holes, uh, angles. So, yeah, I mean, if they, could, if they could take him out, if they could contain him, it's a big deal. But I, I think that will be very hard to do. Doug is in Connecticut. Hey, Doug. What's up, man? Don't be nervous. Uh, I think I was more nervous uh, last week than I am. Well, even for the 49ers game, I was, I think, a little bit more nervous than than upcoming. And I have a personal reason why I'm not that nervous, and I hopefully will tell you after we win. But um, I just, I've been sitting here trying to think of, like, an, an analogy of how I think this game's going to go. And all I can kind of picture is, like, you ever been in, like, a wave pool at, like, a water park? And yep. the waves just grow and grow and grow. By the end of it, it's just slamming you. I just, I really envision like our team is just going to let it all go. You think about the talent on this team, and I just hope to God, Covey, hold on to the ball, keep catching it. Sipos, bang as many deep punts as you can. Everybody else, just keep doing what you've been doing, and I think we win. I really do. Well, I, I mean, if they, if they play their best, Doug, their best is, is more than good enough. I mean, we've seen it all year. And it, and I just – Doug, I keep going back to this and when I'm nervous. I go back to when Hurts has played, right? They're 16-1. and one. Like, that is – that's remarkable. And that one loss we know against Washington, that was a fluky kind of four turnovers on fumbles, on drops. Like, such a weird night. Like, they're this close, Doug, when Hurts has been on the field to being perfect this year. And, and that's just – it's amazing to say that. Yep. We're, we're a different team than we were against Washington that night. But the other things that I think about is I don't, you know, I don't watch a lot of college ball, but Devonta Smith, the bigger the game, the more he shows up. I'm ready for that. Um, what I've loved about this year is the friendship that AJ and Jalen have thinking about last year. One of the, the crappiest games was the giants game. I knew that AJ wasn't going to let Jalen fail this year and we played him three times and, and, you know, he had some big big games, and Jalen just had a great season. And I just don't think that we're going to let each other down. I, if you if you could just be a fly on the wall of that locker room, I bet the drive between these guys to not let each other down is going to get us through this game, and we're going to come out on top. And uh, to, to Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen, Jalen's just cooler, man. Like, a reporter apologizes for – for doubting him and what does he say cool cool i love and that i just i can't stand how patrick walks i can't stand how he runs i can't stand his mannerisms Jalen's just cooler um i'm glad he's he's with us and uh hopefully i can call next week and we got our second and we're talking about a parade here which would just be amazing doug appreciative phone call yeah i mean look they're different kind of guys i mean Jalen hurts yeah his calmness is cool is is certainly uh, it's admirable, and, and I like what Elliot said when he was with us, and you know how they all seem very calm. And, and I like the Devonte Smith point that that Doug just brought to the table. There. I mean, Devonte Smith, he's he has a chance to become one of I think only four players ever 
to have a national championship, to have a Heisman Trophy, and to also you know win a Super Bowl. I mean, he some a rarefied air for for a young wide receiver, and then he's obviously been very productive his first two years. I mean, we're watching the start of a very special career for Devontae Smith, and I don't want to diminish the importance of this game. I don't want to diminish the urgency we should feel as fans for this game, but I do think, and I and five years ago we may have said it, but I I don't know if it was. You know, I think five years ago we were kind of in bliss. I mean, we had a backup quarterback playing in the game, or, you know, the starter quarterback was hurt, and it was a significant injury, and it was an older team compared to this one. I really do believe this Eagles team is going to have uh, be back in this game. Now, is it next year? I don't know. I mean, that, that's hard to do. Like the Chiefs, I don't think the Chiefs gone back-to-back, right? They've gone, um, you know, well, I guess it was 2019-2020, so they have. But it is it's hard to do that. But I do think this this Eagles team – in the next three, four years, will be in another one of these games. They'll be back on this stage. That, that's how well set up they are and how well built they are. Sophia is in Whitehall. Hey, Sophia. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. So I just want to talk about the game coming up Sunday. Honestly, I was nervous last week game. Week before, but then coming up Sunday, I'm even more nervous. Today I watch every, every clip of Mahone. And I'm telling you, I think they have to hire, have a high and Malone because if he gets out of the pocket, it, he's going to be dangerous. Well, he he's one of the great uh, improvisers we've ever seen in the NFL throwing the football. You're right. If he gets out of the pocket, he just has a way to kind of buy time, buy time, move, yes. and then find somebody. And he throws the ball sideways, backwards, frontwards. He, I watched today like 15 clips of him. Just, and I said to my brother, look at how he's throwing the ball. We have to hire, have a high on him. And also Kelsey, we got to watch Kelsey because when Kelsey gets in the middle, he's dangerous. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, may, he doesn't ever drop the football, Sophia. He makes no, he catches. For, and he, he always knows who the first down markers. This is going to be a challenge. This is going to be the biggest challenge they've had in a long time. It is going to be a challenge. And I'm hosting a party, and most of my, my people that are coming are Giant fans. But uh, why why are you inviting them, Sophia? What are you doing? My sister and her husband is a Giant fan. If, if <laughs> okay. the Giant wasn't, I would have drive to Philly. But because the Eagles are him, they want me to host the party. So I'm hosting the party. Now, are they going to root with you, or are they going to root against you? They, they have to root with me. I hope they root with me because they can't come into my house. <laughs> <laughs> you throw them out. That's all. Yeah, it, it's I, very I'm simple. I'm going to throw them out. Yes, yes. I like that. Listen, Sophia, I appreciate your phone call, and, and you have a great party, and you tell those uh, you tell those fans to, to be on board with you. Sophia, we appreciate it. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. All right, on the other side, we're going to have some fun here. We're going to play it for you five years ago today. The Jason Kelsey speech at the parade. It was five years ago today. And then we'll end the show hearing what Nick Sirianni had to say today. 215-592-9494. Get aboard on Sports Radio 94 WIP. If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you live in AZ. Yes, it is WIP goes to AZ. This week we're broadcasting live from Ready Row in Phoenix. WIP goes to AZ Championship coverage brought to you by SEPTA. The Philly way to go. Deborah in North Wales up yes. on WIP. Hey, Deborah. Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, I'm fired up after hearing JC Kelsey. That, that's what I am. Oh, absolutely. And guess what? what? I am not worried about the Eagles at all. Good. The you're co- you're confident. City, Kansas City Chiefs were lucky to win that game. I, I don't take anything from their talent. But if that Bengals idiot hadn't pushed Mahomes out of bounds, uh, the Bengals would have gotten the ball back. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have uh, gone for it. Yeah, the game probably and, would have went to overtime, Deborah, because the, the clock was running down and it was too far for a field goal. So it probably goes to overtime if he doesn't push him out of bounds. Well, uh, I just think they gave him the, they gave him the game. The, the guy lost his head, and I think it would have been a different uh, outcome. That's one thing. So I'm not worried. I don't think the Chiefs are the team they were a few years ago. And I really think uh, Mahomes, you know, you don't recover from a sprain in uh, a month or whatever it is. Although they do have shots and they do have needles. The second point I want to ask you guys about, I bet this is one you didn't know. Did you know the Eagles had a traveling basketball team back in the 50s? I did not know that, Deborah. Yep. My father was on the Eagles in the 50s, and he was on the traveling basketball team with Chuck Bidnarik. Uh, Mike Jarmalock, Pete Pihos, uh Vic Sears, um, Bobby Walston, uh, who was the other guys? Uh, Bobby Thomason, the quarterback, and two other men that I didn't recognize in the picture. So you and have a you have that? a you have a photo of it. That's amazing. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? Somebody sent that to my brother yesterday. And uh, I don't think my dad ever told us that he was on the basketball traveling team. I wish they'd kind of bring it back, but I guess it's too complicated. Probably. Then, I think there was only uh, 28 teams, I think, and there was only 33 men on a team in the 50s. Wow. And I'm sure the agents and the teams wouldn't want their guys playing basketball and getting hurt or whatever. They want more money. No. But that, yeah, that, that's a – that's an old that that's an awesome story, Deborah. I appreciate that. That's a great story. I I had no idea about that. Um, yeah, if they brought it back today, we get Jordan Mylot out there. He, I think he'd be he'd be pretty good down the post. All right, uh, Nick Sirianni. He spoke earlier today. Here's that press conference after Rob Cherry is up. You guys have a great night. We'll talk tomorrow right here on Radio Row on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Coach, this is not a boxing match. Uh, however, however, the next Sunday this is going to be a real battle. After um, you uh, arriving to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you were fired as soon as the coach, uh, Andy Reid, uh, uh, arrived. Sorry, after 
Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, following you. Is this a kind of a re revenge for you? What are your feelings and your thoughts about this? No, no, I don't look at it that way. Um, it, I don't think it's about, it's not about me. And, uh, and this is the, the profession that I chose, right? And there's, there's gonna, you're gonna move around a little bit. You're gonna, you're gonna have your job once in a while. And, you know, he had a, he had a wide receiver coach and who um, was also an assistant head coach. And I was the wide receiver coach there. And so naturally I was out. So I, but I don't look at it that way. I have a lot of respect for uh, the whole organization. Coach Reed um, had, had a lot of good times, um, both professionally and personally. Um, in Kansas City, you know, that's where I met my wife. So um, got a lot of fun memories of Kansas City. The head coach, wide receiver coach there, and so naturally, out. so that way, I respect for uh, the whole organization. Coach Reed um, had a lot of good times, um, both support in your hometown. Yeah, I think I, uh, she did something when she did this. I, I got a couple videos, or she was a. Uh, uh, they better do that. I mean, shoot, my brothers, my my brother and my sister in law still teach there. So I think it was only that, probably because I teach there. But it was, you know, it was because they teach there. But that's nice. They, they do that. And that's, you know, I, I'm uh, obviously flattered there. Um, uh, you know, I, did, I put a lot of hard work into it in that, at that school um, in my athletic career, probably a little bit more than my academic career, but I put a lot of hard work into that. Um, and so that's a nice honor um, their hometown. Thanks, Coach. Jonathan Kersley from Nine Network Australia. Uh, Jordan Maialata, you can talk briefly about him from an Australian perspective, how important for a cog in the wheel is he and your team. And Aaron Sipoff, did you get a chance this weekend? Yeah, uh, you have been in our media for the entire year to give uh, injury information to be on air. Um, you, you guys can talk about that with the affiliate media guys. I'll let you know. I don't give that much information there. But um, as far as Jordan goes, you know, I, what I really admire about Jordan is that he's like he's like a, a protector in many ways. Like that's his job to protect the quarterback, you know. And then it, it's just the way he, as a teammate he protects, he protects his teammates. He loves his teammates. He fights for his teammates. Um, and so super important to this team. Jordan Mailata is super important to this team. Guys love him. Um, heck of a football player. And like I said. At this, you know, protection. Uh, it, what, that's just what he does, you know, and he does a really good job. At what I think is really amazing about Jordan is that this guy plays. First of all, we all know how good of a singer he is, right? That, that's very well documented. Then he plays what professional professional rugby, and then all of a sudden he, he takes up a sport like football at the age of whatever, whatever he was when he did that 21, 22. Now he's one of the uh, premier tackle in our league. And so what, what can this guy not do? God's blessed him very, you know, with a lot of talent. And he's, you know, he's using a players to put in. Yeah, we spent a lot of time, obviously, about the players and what we can do to keep them healthy while also getting them ready to play football games. You know, that we have a lot of different uh, people that give me information, right? Our strength coaches, our, our trainers, our doctors give me information. At the end of the day, I have to do what's best what I feel is best for the team as far as practice, getting them ready for practice and everything like that. But, you know, I'm not an expert in those things. So I use the experts advice. And uh, so I got a lot of good people that are giving me information. Um, and there's a little bit of luck to it also, but you know, we, we, 
we work really hard at the the nutrition, at the sports science, everything that goes into it to keep the guys healthy because, you know, we have a lot of talented players on our on our roster, uh, but if they're not available, then, you know, then, they, then their talents can't be seen. So, um, again, like I said, just have a lot of good people that, that are giving me good information and our guys really do it, you know, and so it starts Kind of obsessed with that. Coach Sirianni, Ed Walker, WX When it comes to when it comes to defensive game planning against a guy like Travis Kelsey, uh, how do you cover a guy like that? Uh, do you put a linebacker, defensive back, just because his physical size and speed? Yeah, we're not going to tell you all that, but what, or who are going to put on him? But you got to give him different looks, and you got to understand. Uh, you know, you're trying to take away. Um, the thick, the good things that he does, and he does a lot of things really well. Um, and so, you know, you're just aware of where he is at all times, right? And any good playmaker, and uh, obviously with him, he's made so many plays throughout his career through this year, playoffs. Um, we got to know where he is at, at, at all times, and um, and it's and it's not. I don't think it's just a one man person. It's not just one guy's job. Like you, you stop, you stop him, right? There's a lot of different hats that we'll throw. Um, and that we'll have to use. And like that, it'll be a team. And, and this is why this is the greatest team sport there is. I mean, there's no other team sport like this. And so it's going to take all 11 of us um, on defense that are playing uh, to make sure that we're accounting for him at all times. Hey, Nick, after a couple of days of media craziness, how nice was it to get the guys back on the practice field today? And were you happy, satisfied with the focus and the mindset that you saw from the guys? Yeah, there are guys locked in. Uh, we understand that there is a lot of distraction. Um, there's a lot of things that aren't a part of our typical week. So we have to do our best to make sure that our routine stays the same in the midst of the madness, right? And and so our guys understand that, you know, that's been our message all week. Our guys, you know, we've had a lot of guys on this team that have been to the top of the mountain, have won the Super Bowl, have been to national championship games, have won national championship games. And so they understand that. And um, so, you know, again, that's my message to them, but we have great leaders that, that carry that message out. And so, um, you know, we kind of compare a, a basketball player, you know, who is who's getting ready to shoot a free throw, right? You don't, you're, you're, you're focused on your routine. If you take three dribbles and spin the ball, and then you breathe, and then you shoot, routine, and then you can block out all the side noise that's happening. And so we kind of kind of compare it to that. Um, to make sure we're in the moment and, and going through our routines to go one and zero today, so we have a chance to go one and zero on on Sunday. <clears throat> Nick Ryan Dunn from the New York Post. After what happened to the 49ers with their quarterback situation, will you consider on Sunday having an book available, three quarterbacks available for this game and then going forward? Would you like to see that rule where three quarterbacks are available so we don't have a situation like that again? Um, you know, everything, we always discuss everything in all situations. Um, and so everything's always on the table for that. I, I guess I want to, I'm not going to answer that completely, uh, but everything is, uh, we're, we're always looking at everything and, and it's always on the table. Um, as far as the rule change, you know, I don't really, I try to only control what I can control. Um, you know, a, after that, does the rule change? Maybe. Um, but I, I don't know. And we'll just, we'll just play the rules that we have right now until, until it's Nick, you've had a full season now with seeing Devontae and AJ together. What do you think that Devontae has learned from AJ on the field and what do you see vice versa when AJ learned from Devontae? 
Yeah, I think, you know, Devontae, they both have these different abilities. They're both phenomenal receivers in their own way, and they both have different abilities um, and different skill sets. And, and so anytime you're, you're adding your skill set from somebody who's an expert at it, right, kind of similar to the question that guy asked me, the guy asked me over there, you know, I'm asking, you know, of getting information from our doctors and everything like that you know, you're going to, you're going to improve yourself. And so, you know, AJ plays with, with strength and quickness and, and, and really goes and plucks the ball in traffic. Um, and, and Devante is this, this route runner who has a great feel and a great understanding of how to attack. And so, you know, you take little pieces of people's game and, and you, and you use it, you know? And so there's definitely things, you know, uh, as far as route running, AJ's picked up from Devonte, and, 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 and then there's definitely things that Devante's taken from AJ of how to use his body and how to create separation with his body. Um, you know, like, like AJ does. Hi, Nick, Jory Epstein, Yahoo Sports. Your quarterbacks have talked this week about how Brian Johnson can help simplify things when he's coaching them. Can you think of an example when you've seen him do that? And more broadly, what has been Brian's impact on Jalen's development the last two years? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Brian uh, and Jalen's relationship goes back a long way, you know, with Brian playing for, uh, for Jalen's father. And so that, you know, they always, they already had an instant connection when, when he got in there and that's, and that. You know, there's there's a couple different ways that you know players and coaches connect. Sometimes it's through, you know, sometimes it's through the knowledge of the game that you're helping them get become a better player, and then it opens the door to connect. And sometimes it's because you have mutual um, interests, mutual things that you that you that you uh, that you have in common that leads to you being able to get them better. So it can go either way there, and uh, and so that was an instant connection. And, and Brian's a really smart coach, and and he does. Brian's played the position a quarterback at a very high level. Was he? He was second runner up at the for the Heisman behind Sam Bradford, and a, and um, you know so he's played this game at a high level at Utah, and and now he coaches it at a high level, and and I think what you what you always want for coaches is to make this game that is complex right simple right so because they're making these decisions in split seconds and 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 it's hard to play this game in your mind super complex you have to play it simple so you play fast and Brian does a great job of that of just you know putting himself in the shoes of you know of of a quarterback cuz he's been there and then just simplifying the reads for him simplifying the checks for him simplifying the defense and and chunking information together and and I'm really glad that uh, Brian Johnson's on the staff uh, I didn't know him prior to this and uh you know I just get more and more impressed by him every day of how good of a coach he is and uh he he's contributed to a lot of our success and a lot of Jalen's success right side halfway up the aisle probably have time for two more Nick Nick King from 3TV CBS 5 here in Phoenix have you thought about what it might feel like, what might be going through your mind on Sunday, out on the field, maybe right before kickoff? You know, um, again, I'm trying to stay in the moment uh, of every day that we're in and just, you know, obviously my obligation right now is to do media and then it will go back to, to going with the players. But, you know, that's something that, that, I've, that I've always thought about, like, um, you know, what it might be to, to hear the national anthem um, at a Super Bowl because that's it's such a – the one the 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 moment that I remember most as a kid growing up in near in Jamestown, New York, near the Buffalo the Buffalo area, was I really remember that um, Whitney Houston one where she sang in in the uh, the Bills versus the Giants and how powerful it was and it's like you know and you, and you get the goosebumps thinking about it like getting ready to play that game 
Um, and so you think about that, and then you go and you become a, a player of different sports, and you, you're feeling that moment in that. And then, you, but you think about you know, you know, being in that moment of of the Super Bowl, of you know, listening to the national anthem, how much that's going to mean, and because it, it kind of um, makes you think about all the hard work that you had to go through to get um, to the moment that you're in right now. And so it, it'll be a good feeling. I'm not going to let myself get wrapped up in that feeling because we're, you know, right after that, we're going to have to, we're going to have a job to do, but you know, I will, I will let myself enjoy that moment for a second and enjoy uh, that feeling, um, you know, because there was a lot of hard work by a, a lot of people and, and this, and everyone's going to feel this way. You know, there's a lot of people that helped me get to this spot that I'm in right now. And a lot of people on our, you know, from our, our guys, they're going to feel the same way. A lot of people that have helped them get into the spot. Um, and it's just, it'll be a, it'll be cool to, to kind of listen to it and then, uh, get, get, get to work. We'll go two more. We got one here back to the left. Hey, Nick, Tony Grossi from uh, ESPN Cleveland. You have a lot of good players on defense. What has Jonathan Gannon brought to the table uh, as part of that defensive package you have going? Yeah, you know, our job as coaches is to, you know, take the players that we have and then put them in positions to to succeed um, where they can use their talents and, and have their talents shine. Um, and it's also to to teach them the fundamentals to take their game to another level, right? We got these unbelievable guys, like you said. And then how are we going to teach them fundamentals to take their game to a, to another level and get them a little bit better at what they do? And so Jonathan does a great job of both those things. I think any coach, anything, anytime I'm looking for a coach to be on my staff, I want to know two things: can they scheme, right? And the, can they scheme and put the guys in position to make plays? And can they teach the guys the fundamentals to allow them to get better? That was something that uh, I was always taught as a young football coach, and, and Jonathan Gannon does that, and he does that really well. And I was able to see it, you know, uh, on display uh, for three years in Indianapolis, and now I've been able to see it for, again, another two years here um, in Philadelphia. Last question on the right-hand side. we got Jalen Hurts on deck. Uh, Nesta McGregor, BBC News uh, from London. Um, hey, Coach, I wanted to know, you deal with pressure all the time, but someone like myself, if it's a big day, I will wear the same boxer shorts, I will drink coffee out of the same cup, I walk down the road in exactly the same fashion. Do you have a match day routine or something to kind of zen you? You know, that used to be something that I, I really thought about a lot, to be quite honest with you. Like, I think that was something I thought about when I played and maybe the first couple of years that I coached. And I, and I, and I began to think, like, this is exhausting. I, I, can't, I can't remember what I did or what I did here. And, and, and at the end of the day, I, at any, my, actually, my superstition is not to be superstitious. Routine is different to me than superstition. And so, like, when I see – like when I say something in a staff room and someone knocks on wood or something like that, I'm like, stop that. That has nothing to do with what we, if we're going to win or lose the game or if we're going to be successful on this play. So not to shoot down what you do because that works for you, baby. You do what you want, need to do. But like for me, that's just not, that's just not what I do uh, because uh, I believe in routine though and, um, you know, and, and, just, and that the hard work prepared us uh, to be in the position to succeed. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.